This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Coming to you live from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is THN cover to cover for Saturday, August 21st. It's our own little nerdy comic book, nerd adjacent stuff talk show, and my name is Matt Bob. I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and on Zoom to wrap about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week live with our listeners. Look who it is. It's Damon Chan. That's right. And we're not going to shame him out of the room. I'm not shaming him. We gave him a shout out this week. Joe is absolutely right. This is a live show. We need you to play along. So jump into our Zoom. You can find the link at the top of our live stream on the Faces book. There's a bunch of news there that we want to talk about. The question of the week is there as well. And right below that, you'll find a little Zoom link you can click on. We'd love to talk with you. You can also call us at 402-819-4894 or there's a little call now button right there on our Facebook page that you can click. If we don't answer, it's because we're busy, we're talking to somebody, we're hanging. Leave a message and we'll play it on the show. I can't remember the last time we actually heard the ringer. (laughs) We will address you. We will absolutely address you. Sometimes I forget to turn it on because I want voicemails. We don't always have them. So there, whatever. You're not being punished. You're still invited. I mean, I'd much rather have more live calls than voicemails. And if you can't be there live at all, you can also shoot us an MP3 to nerd at gmail.com with anything you want to talk about. Show suggestions, stuff, stuff you read, video games you played, movies you watched, anything you want to rap about. That's what we're here to do. But before we open these phone lines, Joey. Hold on. Wait. I just want to say something before you get into this next little sentence. I had a really stressful week. Okay. And so I really am expecting you to bring something special to this. Okay. Oh, me? Yes, you. To this oh, to this intro. You know I don't like getting put on the spot though. Joking. Look, no pressure. I'm just saying I would appreciate it. It's as a something. friend, you know, if you would do if you would do me this favor. What am I, a clown? What am I here to amuse you? What? Yes, you are here to amuse me. That's right. the whole reason I befriended you. Let's reset some of these headlines and talk about some No! There was an effect on that one too. See that? Huh? Huh? Does that make your butt feel better? Yeah. It did. I got a little tingle there in my bottom. There you go. There you go. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff going on this week. There were uh, there were some stories, you know, yeah. and uh, whoa, whoa, crazy, just, crazy. Uh, just off the top, expect spoilers for the following: Titan season three, Star Girl season two, and what if episode two. Uh, maybe we'll have them. Maybe we won't. It'll depend on what people want to talk about. Well, I can guarantee you we're going to be talking about what if. Uh, early reactions for Shang-Chi have poured in. Uh, the premiere was last week or earlier this week. Yeah. And uh, in Hollywood. And uh, the early buzz is a very positive. It's very good. Yeah. Now, it's hard to know. Like, because when, yeah. when the early buzz comes out, you don't know who's paid and who's not, you know. But well, yeah, like, you know. Yes, yes. And, you know, but specifically in regards to like the action sequences and the right. way like it's it's so much different than any other Marvel movie we've gotten, because this is a movie about martial arts. Definitely. And I, I think uh, or our martial arts is a huge component. And yeah. it's not just dudes punching robots. No. And we're, we're moving into some 
phase three territory here that we have really, four. It's maybe yeah, phase four, no, maybe. right? Phase four territory that we haven't really explored. And they're going to get into some weird characters and we've got this. And then the Eternals is rolling. Right oh, after. that's right. New Eternals trailer New came Eternals out and trailer? it is so much better. It's it, bonkers. It's like bonkers. The, the, <laughs> the first, it's the first Eternals trailer was fine. Right. It was like, it was a teaser at, yeah. at best. This is a full on trailer. And it's like, I was giddy at the end of it. I was yep. like, this movie, I can't wait. I'm super excited as well. Uh, we saw a cele- like a full-on celestial. Uh, Gail Simone says, oh, hey, it's cool. They've got Galactus in the new uh, Eternals movie, which, of course, got people all riled up because they don't know who Gail Simone is on Twitter, apparently. <laughs> yeah, she jumped on it uh, after some other dummies. Were yeah, like, no, of course. Oh, yeah, my no, God, no, no. Galactus! They're like, that is like, so you completely guys, not Galactus. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane, clowns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I believe that this celestial even has a name like a, a specific name he's a specific celestial from the marvel comics Eson the searcher i believe is the uh, one something like that yeah. there's one guy that's called the prober i let's hope he doesn't show up Whoa. um <laughs> that's a big but yeah probe. <laughs> uh yeah he's got the like the six headlight eyes yeah uh, and uh he's uh very scary looking uh we get our first look we got our first look at the deviants yeah uh which are just it's just going to be like a cgi smoke show uh but they look cool like i mean the, maybe, the deviant maybe the that, deviant dragon monster look pretty rad i i like to think that there are actual deviants and maybe those are just monsters that they command or something but like i want to see i want to see the deviants i want to see like big cave like you know like the they did show what they did they did show one i'm who is i'm sure a named deviant character right. who was uh talking to uh angelina jolie and um she plays Thena. Oh, they showed off like kind of their individual powers, like what makes them a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, which is so cool. Uh, I can't believe that we are a few months away from having a movie starring Gilgamesh, the forgotten. I know. Can you believe it? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't ever want to hear anybody come at me with anything like moon Knight, Really? No, shut up. (laughs) Right. This Eternals movie is going to probably be the only Marvel movie to ever be nominated for a legitimate Oscar because of the director. We shall see. I mean, let's, we let's, shall see. Let's go uh, a little early the, to call that shot. But well, I'm see. just saying, you know, she's uh, she's a big deal now. She's and deal. Um, and this looks this looks unique. This looks like a um, big deal. The Substack Exodus continues with the latest uh, pair to head there is Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman, formerly of Venom. Uh, but, you know, we knew that they were done at, at Venom. Uh, we were, they were done with Venom for sure. Um, Ryan Stegman. No, that's Ryan Otley. I'm sorry. Uh, Ryan Stegman uh, was the artist of Venom. Ryan Otley is the new artist of the Hulk. Right. Um, they've got this Substack book that's also going to be coming out through Image. It's called Vanish. Uh, and it looks kind of, I don't know. He looks kind of, it's like magic and superheroes type thing. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Like. He's and got it, a cloak. He looks like the darkness mixed with spawn to be honest with it you. It looks like Stegman embracing his McFarland spirit animal. Definitely. Like, uh, and, and he came right out and said it like, yeah, like, yeah, I love Todd McFarlane. He's the reason I draw the way I draw. And this book is an yes. homage to everything I love about him. And it looks really uh, cool. I, the, the name of their own little like uh, studio shingle or whatever is uh klc press which stands for kids love chains which is something uh, which is a very famous quote from somebody maybe todd himself probably uh but uh, regarding spawn obviously yeah, in the chains that's too uh, yeah King, King, uh, kids love chains press uh which is uh, just wonderful uh so look for that 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 should be interesting uh we've got uh marvel has said that chip zadarsky's run on daredevil is coming to an end and not just his run on daredevil 
but the Daredevil title in general. Right well, now we've got Elektra and Matt Murdock. I'm behind on Daredevil, so I'm not... Last time I checked in, uh, he was in prison still. Okay, so hold on. He's still in prison. That's still going on. And Elektra is still Daredevil. And this is going to build to a big, like... They a have climax. to fight each other to see who gets to be Daredevil or something along those lines. Which seems silly, because I feel like Elektra would be fine stopping being Daredevil. But right uh, after they said, this is the end of their Daredevil, they said... And then we have another plan for what they do with Daredevil after that. So, yes, correct. I uh, so uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, this run is ending with issue 36. Uh, we know August. the Kingpin uh, is going to get married to Typhoid Mary, <laughs> which is very weird. Yeah. I mean, look, she's a beautiful girl. And, I, you know, I'm sure she's yeah. interesting when she's not murdering people and starting yeah, fires setting with people on mind. fire with their mind yeah it's 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 a bad deal those are drawbacks you know uh, little ones. so i mean I, you know i not every run can last forever 36 issues is a is a nice long run three years uh pretty much uninterrupted in term as far as uh zadarsky is concerned yeah uh marco cheese cheeto of course had a bunch of uh stretches of feeling guys but uh we'll see what happens there uh but next year this also is it fits next in. Year? I should, or is it this year? It'll be the 60th anniversary of Daredevil, August 31st. It's this year. But this also ties in with Zdarsky starting his Substack thing. Like, same timeline. Yes, but Zdarsky is not leaving Marvel. It does say Zdarsky yeah. has Daredevil plans for the future. Um, does so any, it, yeah, because it says that on August 31st, though? it's going to celebrate Mar it's going to celebrate Daredevil's 60th anniversary by revealing the next chapter of Chip Zdarsky and Marco Chichetto's right. run on Daredevil. But does any of this make you nervous? Is there any part of you that's like, oh shit, what if Substack just like takes off? What if it, if, what if it's like, or it doesn't even take off, but it does just well enough. And these creators are getting paid just enough that they're like, screw you, Marvel. Screw you, DC. We're just going to do okay. our stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, look, does it make you a little uh, nervous? I don't I think mean, it's going to happen. Not for the, not for the creators. No, I mean, I'm no, I'm just saying like, if all of a sudden these creators that we love Hickman, uh, you know, Stegman, Cates, Zadarsky, huge names that we love on comics. If they're all just like, ah, I'm done with Marvel and DC. Eh, see ya. Well, I mean, it it's happened before it, 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 it's happened before it, it happened with cross gen, you know, and, and you know, it, Mark Wade very famously broke up with DC in the yep. early two thousands. And ne and now he's got a new DC thing coming down the pike. So I I'm mean, just saying, it, all the all things come and all things pass. It's all cyclical, of course. Right. Uh, so we will see. We will see. Um, and also, oh, that was something else that uh, came up, and I missed the story about it. Um, Hickman is stepping down from the X Men. Yeah. At least for now, and. Uh, what it sounds like, this has nothing to do with Substack. He's not done at Marvel. Basically, he came out and said, look, Marvel, he just came out and admitted it. Marvel, my role at Marvel is not so much as the guy that writes the individual books. I'm the guy that comes up with the plan. Well, and you can see that he's stepping back. I mean, yeah, he, you know, I mean, Jerry Duggan is writing the major X book right now and he's killing it. It's great. He's killing it. Yeah. And, and like everybody so, sort of run with Hickman's ideas, you know? So Hickman said that when he pitched a uh, Dawn of X and, and, you know, Hawks and Pox and all that, he had a three act arc in mind. And it was going to take however long it took, you know, like art, like this, this first act, Everyone was so excited about the possibilities that they set up with Krakoa that it grew and grew and grew. And so at their last little meeting about it, 
he said, okay, well, I'm ready to start the second act. And everybody involved was like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> We're having too much fun with what's happening right now. Right. And so he said, you know, that's, that was always a possibility that people were going to run with the ideas that were the seeds that were planted for sure. And so he's going to step back after Inferno and um, he'll be back. Like he'll, he said, it's basically he he's out for now, but he'll be back yeah. for the ready. next, the next uh, phase of this. When they're ready kind of for plan. phase three of this. Yeah. Um, Let's just kind of bounce yeah. through these other ones. Cause I, I want to get to the, yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're taking too long. Yeah. Uh, so we've got some new books coming out for the thing and for Kate Bishop. They're both minis. Unfortunately, um, the big news, uh, we can talk about Kate Bishop for, with whoever's interested, but the big news I think for this thing series is that it's going to be written by a uh, celebrated novelist, Walter Mosley, yeah. uh, who is a, uh, a black novelist famous for his uh, detective, uh, his historical detective uh, series, uh, Easy Rollins. Which I like to think is what Nick from the New Girl based his detective series. On. Yeah, Julius Pepperwood. <laughs> Julius Pepperwood. Uh, the Pepperwood Chronicles. Um, so yeah, Mosley Mosley is the first black man to receive the National Book Foundation Medal for Distinguished Contribution to American Letters, which is a very fancy sounding thing. Yeah. Um, but he's known primarily for crime fiction, sci-fi, and even erotica. And this is like part of the 60th anniversary of the Fantastic Four and things yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, it's fun. And now, so you know, like I love Thing Stolo stories, and it's probably better that he gets a mini to see how people love it because they keep trying to give the thing ongoings and it never works. Yeah. Out. I wanna I wanna recall and return to my nerd bet that Kate Bishop is going to replace Hawkeye because Hawkeye dies in the Disney series. Calling it, it's, and I'm saying this is further evidence. Hawkeye's not going to die. She's moving um, to New York to do but, Hawkeye's job. <laughs> but this, the new it's Kate series you, is Ken. called... <laughs> The new series is called Hawkeye colon Kate Bishop. Yep. And uh, it looks fun. And we've got... Uh, Art looks what's great. The next? Art looks great. The art looks great. Uh, DC is partnering with Webtoon, which is a very famous like online webcomic platform uh, to basically do webcomic format, uh, format stories for their characters for uh, the webcomic audience in an attempt to try to like get that audience into comics. It's very cool that DC is like reaching for this new idea. I don't know if you guys have heard of webcomics, but it's it's brand new. They've and only the, been the, around the, the since idea, the dawn of the internet. <laughs> we'll see, you know, how they do. I don't know, but I think it's very brave of DC to jump onto this new platform and really give it a try. <laughs> Uh, all I, all I know about webtoon is that they used to call it line colon webtoon. Yeah. And we had that joke where somebody was like line. Yeah. <laughs> webtoon. Today I'm here to talk to you about line webtoon, webtoon, webtoon. <laughs> and, uh, no, and not just that DC announced once again, don't worry about continuity. This is for everybody. So here's just like more DC mishmash fiction thrown well, into webtoon. Well, but that's that. <laughs> a, that's their game right now, and I B, know. that's comic strips. Like there are Spider-Man comic strips. There are comic strips sure. featuring all sorts sure. of comic book characters that have nothing to do with content. So let me ask you this: Does anyone still care about web comics? And does anyone feel is? And if you do care about web comics, was there part of you that's like, man? Why can't I just read Batman as a webcomic? You know, I, I just, I don't know if you're out there. If you are, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'd like to hear from you. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Webtoons platform has 75 million users. There you go. So, yes. I mean, I could see people DC still care about webcomics. in on that. I just don't know if they care about superhero webcomics. Like, well, sure. Like, I mean, that's I, my I, I, I think it's, I, I, I think we're, I think we're splitting hairs between like 
the content and the format. I right. think that I think that people of all ages to this day still read the funnies. They you know absolutely do. But what I'm saying is, and it reading seems like, web comics is basically like reading the funnies. It seems like web comics was a pushback to superhero comics. Like we're going to go do this thing on our no, own. It wasn't that isn't necessarily DC or Marvel that we can publish that's, here. And that's and not what web it. comics were. No web comics were dumb jokes. Don't you remember Akewood? I'm not the saying they weren't the most popular comic strips at yes. the, at the dawn of the web comic era had nothing to do with like running away from the comic book industry. But they were also obviously for people who aren't necessarily getting what they want from the comic book industry. Otherwise they would have done more Batman and Superman and Wolverine and spawn. <laughs> but that, that was my have? only point. Who would have Marvel DC, the company that is trying to do it now would have done it from the beginning. I, yes, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with your logic, but I understand what you're saying. Um, the biggest story of the week is that Bendis has ended his exclusive with DC and is moving his jinx world imprint to dark horse starting in November. Big deal, big deal for DC. He's deal. not necessarily leaving DC. No, but I do feel like, Bendis' DC tenure has fizzled. It's fizzled, yeah. Right? Like, it yes, started it really hot. We were all freaked out. He's, good. he's writing Superman, and he's writing Young Justice, and he's writing all this, and now it's like, hey, he's writing Justice League, and it's it's fine. It, it's okay. <laughs> it's not great. I haven't been reading it. It's uh, not great, but it's but, fine. But, uh, I mean, it, it's not just that he's moving Jinx. It's not just that he's moving, like, reprints of powers and shit to image. He, his new creator-owned work is also... Pearl. Like he's got a new series called Joy Operations coming out uh, uh, United from States Dark of Horse Murder Incorporated. It's going to continue, which is very good. I like that book a lot. I, I think this is probably, in my opinion, probably what's best for Bendis. Get back to what you're really good at. I agree that it's what's best you for know. Bendis, and uh, you know it, it's a shame. Everyone, well, not everyone, uh, but a lot of people were excited when Bendis came to DC. You know, a fresh voice, uh, the, uh, this guy, that this creator that they loved doing characters he's not associated yeah. with, and it just didn't. It fizzled. It didn't uh, like I loved his Superman work, but I, no, and it, his his creator own work was always as good as as his creator own yes. work has always been. I think it's also fair but, to say that COVID like definitely interrupted his gigantic story with, you know, the, uh, I can't say the name of it now, Leviathan and all that, which was supposed to move into the pages of Superman. Leviathan and, and Checkmate. Yeah. That all, that all did get hit from COVID. That yeah. got nailed. And so it feels really disparate and like, Oh, wasn't that like two years ago? No, it was just last year. <laughs> so I don't know how much of it is his fault, but it definitely feels like he's fizzled. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I agree. Let's get into this question of the week. Reset this crap for these kids, and then let's talk to them. All right. Sick of this week's us. question. This week's question came from Ryan Hebrews Mount via Twitter. He wants to talk about one hit wonders. There are certain creators who have had one magical run and then never fully captured that magic again. You know who they are. Let's talk about them. Mine instantly came to me. Let's get these damn phone lines open. JD got a catch. Good morning, baby. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, you know, hey, hey. taking it, hanging out. What do you want to rap about, buddy? A uh, couple things. Um, so I saw What If, okay. the first episode. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen the second one yet. Um, but one thing I was thinking about, I hearing you guys talk last week, uh, someone asked why they put Steve in the, the Hydra Smasher mm -hmm. thing. And it, it, watching the episode, it didn't seem all that out of place. It seemed very organic to me that Howard did that for Steve. Yeah. 
You know, it wasn't because he was the smallest guy yeah. or it made sense. No, it was just like Steve needed it. Right. They also chose Steve to be Captain America because he was such a good guy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he didn't end up Captain America. Well, here's another way you can do that. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, that, did, that didn't seem out of place to me. No. So that was just my thought. I really love the episode. Um, I, I'm just, uh, I don't know if I'm just, I am feeling a little bit of MCU fatigue as far as like, okay. I really want to see this, but maybe there's something else I could watch. You know, I I'll come back around. I think. Fair enough. Um, because I, I'm, I feel like, like the, second episode, gonna, the second episode, the second episode is going to kick you right in the feels. And I think, I think so. Yeah, yeah especially because it's, it's got Chadwick's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second episode was uh, like first episode was good. I did. I saw people like fairly criticizing it. You know, I'm not sure. going to say that the criticisms were unfair. I just didn't. I didn't share them. Um, but uh, it's the same criticisms you level against any what if story. It's like it right. moves too fast, they do too much, it's too short, blah blah blah. Yeah, no, of would, course, I, that's what that's what what if is. Right. I would call all those. I mean, as far as the speed and how much ground they covered in the time they had, that's a feature, not a bug for me. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Part of like, what if. Just, if you like, like what wow, if they got the entirety of the first Avenger movie in thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. true. Um, but this this second episode, like universally, everyone was like, "Fuck, they did it!" Yeah, yeah, they did it. Was, yeah, yeah. I was gonna watch it without my wife, and then I was like, I saw that it was Chadwick Boseman. I'm like, "Yeah, I can't do that to her." So, <laughs> and it's just lovely. It's lovely. We'll talk yeah. about it with with. I don't want to ruin anything for you, so we'll wait till somebody. Oh, that's comes right. I'll be we'll logging off after this. I yeah. got work. Fair enough. But, oh, all right, cool. Uh, so, answer of the week. Um, I kind of had a problem with this one that I had with the people that have that need more recognition or whatever because like there were like people that I really wanted to bring up that are like oh shit they've actually done stuff like last year I'm just not aware sure like my, my answer my answer for last week's was Ch- Travis Charest which oh, yeah. he's still active I just haven't seen him since Wildcats so <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean he's not really active in American comics I guess is, the, is he's the doing a lot of cover that. stuff like he did cover stuff last year oh interesting um, I know that like in the two in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, maybe he took a job as like a, he took some kind of high up job at humanoids. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, which is, you know, that European publisher. And yeah. so a lot, like if he was still doing artwork on the regular, a lot of that was for humanoids projects, which I'm just not that familiar with. He was also like an right. art director or something over there too. So he was working. Like yeah. Yeah. He wasn't just an artist. Level. He was, he was some sort of, but Travis Rest, yeah. he is a wildly talented guy that decided, you know what I want to do? I want to get paid. And I don't blame <laughs> yeah. him. I don't blame that guy at all. It's difficult yeah. to get paid, especially when you're slow. He's not the kind of guy that can crank out pages. That's not what right, he does. Right. When he does work, it's amazing. It's some of the most stunningly yeah. beautiful stuff you'll ever see, but you can look at it and say, okay, that took some time. He's not just like, page two, Bramp, page three, you know? <laughs> He's no Herb Trimpy, if you know what I mean. So I had to look it up because uh, I didn't remember who did it, but my answer for this week is uh, Mike Raked and Zach Howard. They're the creative team from uh, Wild Blue Yonder. It's an oh, yes, about quite a bit. I love that series yeah. so much. And I mean, I, I do feel like I mean, I, I looked up my my grade. He's done a handful of stuff. He does some like all ages stuff for Marvel and stuff like that. But it's just real little. I mean, that guy just needs another like shot at like some good creator own stuff because that comic 
I, I come back around and talk about that comic every once in a while just because I don't feel like anybody ever talks about it. Enough. Wild Blue Yonder was amazing. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. I would love to yeah, see that. I loved it. Works totally animated great. movie. Yeah. Now I, that guy, that artist, oh, I, I get the Howards mixed up, but he, he's done things, right? The, uh, the artist has. Zach Howard? Um, Zach, I think Zach Howard. Who's the guy that worked with who did trees? Who did um Oh no, that's Jason Howard. Yeah, that's Jason. Yeah, yeah, it's a different Howard. Oh yeah, totally different art styles too. I mean like, Yes, right. I I feel like I think Zach Howard is Zach Howard the guy that did uh I he, think he did the cape, maybe he, he worked drew for a bunch of people. Thing. Yeah. He was nominated for a best single issue, an Eisner for best single issue in twenty ten. Scream nice. Award, he worked for Marvel, DC, IDW, Image, Dark Horse, Boom. And Simon and Schuster. He's been around. Well, I mean, 2010, it was 11 years ago, but yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying he, he did some stuff, but I agree. Uh, wild blue yonder. Excellent. Excellent. And you know, then those, I, that I tell you, just kind of, violent. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you something. This is apropos of, of nothing, but, uh, a, a, a dumb genre that I love is like, take a thing and make it about airplanes. <laughs> Uh, tailspin, like yep. fucking tailspin, is my favorite '90s Disney cartoon by a vastly wide oh, margin. Really? Yeah. Not yes, Chippendales I Rescue Rangers. <laughs> oh no, uh, Chippendale, like Chippendale's fine. Ch -ch 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 like I remember the theme song. Uh, yeah, Jason Howard did Big Girls. Yes, thank you, Todd. Oh, um, okay, yeah, and Big Girls. <laughs> that is book amazing. was weird and beautiful. It's really good. Um, but uh, yeah, Tailspin, where it's like, yes, it's the characters from the Jungle Book, except we've put them in this vague 1940s-esque. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Kind uh, of, kind uh, of uh, time period. And also everybody's flying a plane. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, Sheer, Sheer Khan is the mayor. Like, it's fucking great. Or he's a crime <laughs> lord or both. I don't know. And, I, um, and, and Matt, I have to admit, I'm surprised you like Wild Blue Yonder so much based on your allergy to steampunk. Okay, no, but look. I mean, it's not really. It's steampunk. not. It's not that heavily steampunk. It was nobody's wearing gears on their top hats. There, no. are, there's definitely aspects of it there. My main problem with steampunk is not steampunk itself. It's how <laughs> steampunk insinuates itself into situations where uh, we're like, a, as as Dave Demarco would say, it insists upon itself. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> yeah, it really does. We can't just feel like this is a Spider-Man story from another. No, like it's a steampunk Spider-Man. Like, yeah. The Daily Bugle has big water wheels out front, you know, and like everyone's got goggles. On. Fuck off. <laughs> okay. well, and, and to be that nerd who is actually like ridiculously studied the genres, uh, Wild, Blue, Wild Blue Yonder isn't steampunk at all. It's technically. Well, we lost you. It's technically what? Punk, but oh, diesel punk. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is a genre no. That totally that totally tracks for me. And I can't um, start talking shit about genres because yeah. I listen to metal, and there's a billion metal genres. So Look, I, I, I make remember fun of diesel punk. I remember I the first time I heard. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard Matt uh, and our friend Craig talking about musical genres in the comic <laughs> shop twenty years ago, and I thought he was making shit up. <laughs> He was just like he was. He was naming genres that couldn't possibly be real. Like that's you made that Look, up. If that's I not made, a thing. If I made up screamo and power violence, I'd be a billionaire. All right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I would have cashed in on that like, in the late nineties and be like, judging. There we but, go. Uh, but, but, now, but nowadays, it's uh, I'm I'm seeing it everywhere. I, like I saw. I watched a video last night where a guy was like, "This noisecore, blah blah." I was like, "What? Shut up!" Oh come on! One of my favorite bands is invented the genre ska core. 
Ska core. Yeah. What makes it core? What makes it not just ska? What makes it core as well as because there's stomp, there's punk, there's stomp uh, around like hardcore parts, you know? Yeah. Or one of my other favorite bands invented swamp rock. Swamp rock. Yep. Swamp They're galactic. Is that like Leonard Skinner, but they play w- really heavy power chords or no, something? No, <laughs> it's like really, no, it's, it's super psychedelic. It's, uh, Creed, Creed's yeah. Clearwater yeah. Revival, like, but the uh, guitars yeah, are way yeah, crunchier. Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll get in this next time on uh, genre cast, music genre cast. But do I do have need- one more thing I want oh, to talk hit about. Us, real hit quick. Us. Yeah. Well, please, please, please do. Uh, uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, so I followed Chip Zdarsky's newsletter on Substack and <laughs> not getting into that again. Uh, but he did say that, uh, I mean, he, he was actually pretty mad about the, the news release of the cancellation. He was like, it's not canceled. We were always going to end it at that and move on to the next thing because issue 36 sets up something big yeah. that they actually have to do a continuation for. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And Marvel it's, did a, say, it's certainly a planned thing. Marvel did yeah. say major changes to the Daredevil line. Yeah, so. and, and they just said that like, like they're stopping at 36. It was like bleeding, he actually called out Bleeding Cool or Newsarama, whichever one specifically for saying, yeah, thanks for saying it's canceled, assholes. Yeah. You know, it's not canceled. That was always right. the plan. Well, We've got Bleeding Cool up. is the TMZ of comics. So, I mean, yeah. they saw like ending with 36 canceled. Uh, oh, they must I'm be sorry, mad at Matt. <laughs> In England, it's TMZ. Oh, okay. Well, we're not in <laughs> England. Guess, all right. We got the hell out of there. Uh, apparently, according to Chip, that the, the culmination is going to be a knockdown, dragout fight between Daredevil and Daredevil. Yep. To see who's going to be Daredevil. I need to get caught up. I I, the, I lost track during the King in Black because uh, I have to admit, as much as I've been loving that run, that issue where Daredevil's in prison and he gets possessed by a Venom is kind of it was silly. Yeah, it was silly. Um, also, it's a guest artist, and the guest art's not. I good. skipped yeah. over those parts because the parts with Electra were so good. Like, right? I, I'll be honest. At this point, if they keep Electra as Daredevil, I wouldn't be mad. But I know. I, I think that her. I think that the Electra Daredevil design is exceptional. It I think it's really fantastic. excellent. Fantastic! Uh, it's very cool looking. And she's been so fucking rad as like. I, I the just. I want conventions to come back just so I can see cosplays of that. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, JD, good to talk to you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Right. Okay, brother. See you, buddy. Uh, Todd wants to know, Matt, did you get the death metal comic with the album? I think he means Dark Knight's death metal. It, there was an album that came. There was a version that came with an album. I had made an album of songs inspired by Dark Knight's death metal. I did not, but I can only imagine how kick-ass that is. <laughs> uh, I like to think, good. like, without, without, look, <laughs> without looking anything up, I think it's like Greg Capullo's uh, Led Zeppelin cover band. Oh God. You know, I, like I, I, it's a bunch of like shitty bands that comic creators are in on the side. There was one good Led Zeppelin cover band. One, only one. Was, it, they, was it, was it Dread Zeppelin? It was Dread Zeppelin and they did Rasta versions, like yeah. reggae versions of Led Zeppelin and it kicked ass. Oh my were God. Were they national or was that Omaha? <laughs> no, was they that were an Omaha thing? Dread Zeppelin. Right. Was, they were huge. They were great. Brian Domingos. How are you, buddy? Hey now guys, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Brian? We're what kicking up? it. We're being nerds. It's Saturday morning. Join us. Speaking of um, albums and um, comics, um, Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss have a new series coming out with deluxe editions with seven inch records included. Mm. Um, I had just that would be an interesting discussion. Like, was there ever a time that music and comics collided? Like, and I'm not saying like 
you know, somebody wrote, you know, like REM singing about Superman. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying like, someone's like, we're releasing a floppy, you know, like record. Uh, yeah, with Red comic. Rocket 7, uh, or Rocket, Rocket Red, Red. Yeah, Red Rocket 7. The, was it called the, Red um, Rocket 7 or Red am Rocket I mixing 7. that up with the Rocket Reds? It's called Red DC. Rocket 7 and they released a seven inch with it and it wasn't great. Man. <laughs> it was it was you know that was great. like mike allridge like 60s pop influence yeah like, it was too like yeah it was like cheeky almost like it was yeah it was not yeah i don't know it, it's uh, kind of a, it was i remember i had a i had a bill the cat the band that he was in from uh oh god i can't from, say burke breathed's uh Bloom county yeah bloom from county, bloom county. I, I, it came with a yeah. flexi and like that was when we were just obviously punk rock trash <laughs> but i kind of so liked there that was one. a abandoned um in providence in the late 90s i i don't i doubt that it made it out that far to you guys um named um jetpack and the guy um they were a great three-piece and um the guy was a recording engineer and still does that in providence but they have a song called investigator man and they in the seventh inch and even in the cd they printed like a mini comic with it where it basically like the panels kind of follow the riffs so you can see that's you can fun. pace along with it, which is pretty cool. And then like the, the lyrics of the song are like the dialogue and it's really rudimentary. And the, the art is like, it's good, but it's like, it's like nineties mini comic art. Like it's not yeah. really great artwork. Like it's right. very cartoony, but like, right. it's kind of fun. And the song is really cool. But um, I remember the nights at the dinner table had a cassette that came with like an, no, annual. that was three geeks. That was the was three, geeks. three geeks. Oh, three geeks. Pardon <laughs> yeah. Me. There was a, there was Pardon a, me. there was a comic book in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands called three geeks. It was an indie book about comic book nerds. Yeah. And they were of course like caricatures of comic book nerds. It's pretty good. Uh, it's, it's of its time for yeah, sure. It was funny. And they came out with a cassette, but it was like an audio drama of like, it was an audio drama of the issue, like acted oh, out with voice. With okay. Voices. So it wasn't music. Um, I might be I thinking that, of a nice James- dinner table thing because they did a thing where they put out like, it was like a liar and like, you know, ukulele and like they did like funny like tavern music. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You know who loves Nights at the Dinner Table? Aaron Myers. Like, <laughs> it's it, right up his alley. It is like his favorite thing. Like, Nights happy the birthday, Dinner Aaron Table. Myers, by the way, yesterday. His birthday was last yeah. week yeah. Uh, or earlier this week, not, not yesterday. Oh, okay. Whatever. Um, but uh, uh, I would I figure like James Kolchaka has probably done oh, fuck, music yeah. for his okay. comics because yes. he's a musician. James Kolchaka puts like James Kolchaka superstar has those uh, records long form kick ass. <laughs> They're so yeah good. no he's great. Uh, it's he's very uh, it's very absurd. Yeah uh, I love James Kolchaka superstar. Brian I'm sorry we um, we, we hijacked you. Yeah I know that gave me a second to go and look on my uh, my ancient uh, CD uh, rack and I have the uh, the CD copy so. Uh, maybe I'll send a couple uh, screenshots. Yeah, man. Um, nice. And I won't bootleg the music. Um, so uh, the Doom Patrol season three trailer is out, and it shows um, a bunch of amazing things, including uh, Monsieur Mala and the Brain are in it. Yep. Um, yes. So <laughs> yes. it is. It is the greatest adaptation of a comic book in history. The show is amazing. I think it's. I, I think it's. It might uh, be. I think you're probably true. Uh, accurate. It I think might it's, be. It's unbelievably amazing so i'm so psyched for it to come back the only problem with doom patrol is it's guilty of being too true to the absolutely bizarre you know comic that it was adapted from so Uh, yeah those of us that love it it watch it and go this is great and then other people go what is this (laughs) yeah but like like it on hbo max i mean it started on the dc app but like it's in a place where who cares you know like it does it's not it's it's not looking for it's not trying to grab like 
moms 35 to 47 and no. you know all those yeah. it's, it's not looking for demographics it's, it's like certainly not this like an umbrella academy or anything where they're like right oh i didn't know this was a comic to, book to cross-reference yeah oh my god it's amazing yeah. it's it's it so is great amazing. And it no, I, I, sorry brian go ahead no just season two ended on a covid cliffhanger so it's like yeah. you know like the pent ultimate episode of the season ended up being the final one so it's like oh they're fucked End yeah. Season. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so glad it's yeah, coming back I, because like, that would have been disappointing. I saw I saw Brain and Mala in the trailer and I was like, oh, if they are not in love, somebody oh, fucked up. Oh, you know they're, they're going def- to. They yeah. They did that. They're going. They to. did the the flex mentalo um, gives everyone you know orgasm. Right. Yeah. Muscles <laughs> thing. The like, sex, there's no the way sex, those things are not going to be making beautiful that, eyes that episode with the sex we, ghosts. We might <laughs> we might get Brain in a in a, in a stroller. Oh my God. It's yeah. Amazing. Nice. Um, oh God. I yeah, can't wait. That. I can't um, wait. The, uh, it's going to be great. Um, Donnie Cates, when he did that, um, he's like, so into that, like kids love change thing. And I realized like he and I don't like the same things about those comics. Sure. Yes. You know, like I've, I realized why I, it doesn't work for me. Like his, like his stuff leaves me as cold as possible. And I don't know why. And I've tried his creator own stuff and all these things. And it's like, when he's just like, Kids love chains, bro. It's like, oh, we're not on the same page. Like, I we're think not it's because we're place. older. So, we're, we um, are older. We are of an older generation. Like, I don't know how old you are, Brian, specifically, well, I mean, but like, I'm old. I know that I'm older than Donnie Cates. Like, I was, we're I was all older than Donnie Cates. Yes. Donnie Cates is a young, fresh phrase kid that yeah like like I, i'm old enough that my my first comics my first comics were new in the 70s and they were at, like my actual first comics were like reprints of comics from the 40s and 50s so like i don't have that same perspective on like, 90s I, comics even though i was a teen i mean i yeah as, as somebody well, whose first I, comics you were, were, were spawn you know what i mean reading them at three years old yeah well i mean um, i don't want to i was i was I, well, I mean, everyone knows, you know, the history of Joe Patrick. Um, it's impressive. <laughs> thank you. Thank the, you. I disgusting. was in the fifth grade. So it was like 11 when I started reading stuff. So like, and it was 1991. So like image was like fresh. Yeah. Like still steaming um, yeah. from the printer. So, you know, Spawn hit me when it was brand new. So, um, and I, you know, I read probably 60 issues of spawn before i said all right i don't know what i'm doing but that's this is, a this lot is of issues to read before um, you figured out it sucked <laughs> I, I think i read it is, 15 well, it, and it was like it, okay there were, <laughs> the first 50 yeah well i mean my first one was like the um it's funny it's like the grant morrison issues those qu- ones he did with like uh yeah like the redeemer and all that and i yeah. was like this book is insane i don't know what's going on and it then, was nuts um i don't know i think i sort of I sort of rode that wave for a little bit and the artwork was still good and then whatever. But um yeah, I, I did just, not know that Graham Morrison I, wrote issues for me of Don. He, he wrote like two it was like 16 and 17 or yeah, um, cool. They had 17 a few, and 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a few different writers. Cool. I think it was a few different writers jumped in and started writing stories about certain characters in the universe and whatnot. And they weren't bad. I Yeah, he had well he had like Alan Moore and Frank Miller and yeah. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Those I remember Sim wrote sure. like one issue a piece. And then after it was the medieval spawn, which was like 15 or something. And then that was like his fi- McFarlane's final art issue. And yeah. then the next one was Capullo. And I only know this cause I've read it um, 200,000 times, but of course, of um, course. you know, yes, yeah, it's, it's the redeemer thing where he's like the angel fighting the demon thing. 
there was a anyway, so not, not, to derail you, not to derail you, but real quick while we're talking about the variations of Spawn, uh, there was a comic book, uh, an indie comic uh, again in the early 2000s called Lethargic Lad. I don't know if any uh, oh, Matt yeah. probably remembers it. I remember Lethargic Lad. Um, Lethargic Lad. Uh, it, w- our, it was our friend Jack Guillory's like favorite indie comic. He loved Lethargic Lad. Um, but he did a strip in Lethargic Lad about he like he had been looking at Spawn. He's like, oh, look at all this shit. Look at medieval Spawn. Look at uh, whatever Spawn, whatever this. Uh, there should be a Viking Spawn. And he like did a little design for Viking Spawn in his ridiculous like scrawl artwork. And then Todd McFarlane came up with Viking Spawn. Like two weeks the, later. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry, continue, Brian. You know, now, now, now there's Cowboy Spawn and Lady yeah, Spawn. Yeah, right, Gunslinger. Yeah, um, you know, King there's Spawn, Lady Spawn. Gunslinger Spawn. Um, I'm surprised that we don't have a Spawn dog, you know, like a, like a dog Spawn. Yeah, it seems like an idea whose time is uh, I don't know, like po- Pooch Spawn or something. Yeah, yeah some little uh, yes, creature. Like, uh, um, right. uh, the the sp- sp- Spawno, the... the, the Okay, oh, we're done with this. Spano, All right, moving market, right along. Market, <laughs> um, I I was surprised by, and I don't know why I was surprised by, it, but Bendis going to Dark Horse makes total sense. Um, yeah, it does for his creator on stuff. At this point, like his new creator on stuff has been like okay, like I like Pearl, but like cover I thought was basically doing. It seemed like he was doing like Tom King's life story in a weird way, um, <laughs> you know, like. The CIA, right? Oh, uh, cover, uh, yeah, uh, right? Cover. Co- yeah, cover. Yeah, cover, I was like, right. are we? Is this a thing? Um, but I think like Dark Horse is like the best archival company. Yeah. So you know, like their their library editions are like beautiful and amazing, and yeah. so the idea of like like all the Madman stuffs going there, and like so all the older creators with these extensive backgrounds and careers like that's a great place for them i also think we like, need to remember the, that dark horse was doing this creator own stuff before it was cool way before oh yeah, legendary image. was amazing yeah way you before know, all, image, the, all that stuff dark like, horse yeah. Was doing this. yeah and, and you know what like i i don't like i remember being around at the time that legend uh, came out and nobody was like oh shit Frank Miller, Mike Bignola, uh, like nobody was like, oh no, these guys have left all of the big publishers, you know, and, and like they're like people are with Substack. It's like yeah, comics are going to be just fine, guys. They will, they will. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, I think it's it's a good place for that. And he's still there. Was more news today for, about Bendis where there's more Legion of Superheroes coming. So like he's still at DC. Oh and, really? Yeah. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. He's it, not it ended leaving. so it's abruptly. Just, Somebody yeah, in the I, chat said that a minute ago. They're like, Legion literally just vanished. I think it was a COVID thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, everything. Yeah, they, I think they just stopped. I think the final issue was like December and it didn't, it, it was part of Future State, but then they have not had anything new since then. So, weren't you it's guys only mad been like at Legion though? Five months. Didn't you guys decide like you weren't having fun with Legion anymore and I was wrong because like, hey, this is Legion that I feel like reading? Um, you know, I. <sighs> I thought it was fine. It didn't really feel much like the Legion of Superheroes to me, except in name. You know, it, 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 I don't know. Other people's mileage may vary, but uh, like, I still thought it was fine. I just, I don't know. Fair enough. I enjoyed yeah, it. I liked I, it. I don't, I don't know that there's been a, like, I think that's a book that is just forever going to be not as good as the one that you loved. You know, right. like it's, yeah, it's, exactly. Cause it, there's, there's, there's so many versions of characters and there's so many, like runs and ear. I mean, it's been around for 70 years. So it's yeah. like the, you know, your, your favorite, um, I don't even know what their names are. Um, you know, 
I can't <laughs> invisible lass or whoever. Right. Is, there's like six versions. So it's like, it's never going to be the invisible hundred percent. The right. Like your favorite version. Yeah. You know? I don't I don't think, yeah you know, so. you, you ask 10 Legion fans and you're going to get like seven different answers about which right. versions. They're and I don't think there's right. a team or character or group in DC that has suffered more from DC shuffling the deck than the Legion where it's just like, yeah, this future I mean, doesn't count. Now it's this future. You know, that future like, no and that's, that's what it's happens when you're, yeah, when the entire bedrock of your concept is built on a very specific point in continuity. Right. Cause you could say like, Oh, that thing didn't happen to Superman, but it's still Superman. He's still wearing the same outfit yeah, or like, whatever. They could have like, it, it wouldn't have been so bad if they just pivoted and said that they were inspired by literally any other team character. Right. You know? Um, but they didn't. And so that's how we got so many different versions. Yeah. But, um, well, they, tr- I mean, they, they tried to do that with Monel, right? I mean, that, that, Oh yeah. Like right. The, yeah. They did they try to do that. Him almost as, you know, but, it, but then they, but it's the, the consequence of printing that book for 60 years, you know, it's like true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> time, keep, true. time keeps moving. Yeah. Um, so the last thing is the, uh, question of the week. Um, I was going through my bookshelf and I think, um, I Kelly Puckett, from Batgirl, Ooh, never yeah. really had another significant story after that. And that yeah. was 20 years ago. Man, that is a good one. Okay. I'm not, and maybe I'm completely confusing Kelly Puckett with someone else. Kelly Puckett's not dead, right? You're thinking of Kirby Puckett, the baseball player. No, I'm not thinking of <laughs> Kirby Puckett. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? It's, I think about Kirby Puckett all the time. And so like you said that in like a baseball card I had when I was seven, just popped right into my face. Like I could just see it <laughs> I, in my head. Like Kirby my, Puckett, of course. My mom's yeah. fam my mom's family's from Minnesota, so I grew up being a huge fan of the Minnesota Twins and Kirby Puckett was like our guy. And then when that he was died. The guy, yeah. And like, so like I had not watched baseball <laughs> on an ongoing basis since I was a child. And when Kirby Puckett died, like my whole family was devastated. It appears Kelly Puckett lives, but you know, has it just hasn't yeah, been no, actually- Kelly Puckett okay. is not alive. I thought maybe he, he, he's yeah, not I thought maybe he's he got a dead person. He's not Falco. I he's not remember. a dead person. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Yeah, I don't, I, he, um, he had some, he was doing stuff before like the no man's land and like bat. Yeah, books. I think he was an editor. Yeah, at one he was point, in the he like, was in the Bat office doing stuff. But yeah, it's yeah that uh, Bat Girl was his like his one big thing. Like yeah, his, I believe he was like inker turned penciler. Like came out of the Bat office doing a bunch of Bat books, and then he started penciling, and all of a sudden, bam! You think he was no Kelly Puckett was the writer? He's the writer. Oh, pardon me. I'm thinking of the artist. You're thinking of Damon Scott. I'm thinking of Damon Scott. He's al- he is alive too. Damon yeah, Scott. Damon Scott alive. is alive. But he also like he also did not have a ton of no. huge comic work after Batgirl. No, like, he's done he's done things. Yeah, but they both kind of like had that huge hit, and then they just went away. He had a, a really bad run on Robin with Bill. A disastrous. Yeah, yeah. disaster. So he did disaster. a very very bad uh, Stephanie Brown as Robin. Um, not but he also fault. like he came he that came back Bill and did Willingham's some Spider-Man fault. stuff. Like his art has evolved. Uh, Damon Scott's art has evolved so much. He's he's one of the he's one of those guys kind of like Jim Mafood, but a little yeah. less angular. Yeah. Where it's like he's so inspired by the graffiti style uh, that his art is almost unrecognizable now. <laughs> when you look at what it was totally. Um, and I don't know if he's just like done other work, like in maybe in like movies or, or character design or whatever. Um, but like, he's the sort of, he's the sort of artist where like, if you had t- told me like Damon Scott was one of the like creative uh, people on in, enter the spider verse, I'd have been like, yeah, I, I totally get no, it. No, I definitely, I could see that. 
Brian, we're going to keep moving here. We've got a couple more people. Wait, to get wait, to. Brian, I have a very important question to ask you. Yes, sir. Have you been watching Stargirl? Um, no, I, I, I know I need to, I'm, I'm behind on Stargirl and Titans. So I'm okay. gonna have to log off totally. Uh, uh, we have a hurricane uh, coming tomorrow. So I'm, I've got them saved on my, um, iPad okay. to watch. Um, I won't um, spoil anything for you there. Uh, when you get caught up, there's two episodes so far, by the time we reconvene, there will be three. Um, if, if you get caught up, I would like to discuss with you, uh, some things that are happening in Stargirl. Okay. Then I will, I think they, are, they will be of particular interest to, to you and me and, and Matt as well. I would imagine. Uh, we'll Though Matt doesn't like those shows. I, yeah, I kind of fell off Stargirl. So, but Brian, fine. good to talk to you. Uh, tell Henri, we said hello and buckle down and be safe. All right, buddy. We'll do later guys. All right. Bye Brian. Hurricane Henri rolling. Henri. And he, he, and he mean business. David he Robbins person. How are you today, sir? Doing well, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Well, Howdy, hi. What are we rapping about? Um, do some bullet points, and then uh, your convention uh, correspondent has some convention news. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. So, um, first of all, uh, uh, um, what if is awesome. Yes. Um, really loving it. Love the first one. Love the second one oh. a lot. Great and feels. I don't quite know if one conversation with T'Challa would have completely turned thanos around <laughs> that's the only but, sticking but point i have in the I entire that that, and, the but that part. but also like again that's it's like what jd said earlier that is a feature not a bug right what if that's where it's like all he did was like it thanos as presented in the mcu is allegedly a very rational person yes right the reason that he's chosen genocide Ha 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 ha! That's the joke. In what if, uh, is that it's efficient? It's efficient and it's effective. Uh, and so, if somebody were out there to prevent to present him with a better alternative, yeah, that's all it would take. I'm sorry, nobody chooses genocide without being fucking cuckoo. Well, for he made a joke about okay? that too. He's like, it's not genocide no. because well, it wasn't based know, on race. <laughs> like, or it was it was random. It was yeah, random. He wasn't yeah. snuffing out like specific yeah. people. His, the genocide by his mind is a side effect. He is an eco terrorist. Right. Yeah. He is an eco terrorist. Yes. Right. Correct. So the, the, like, but that's, that's besides the point. Um, so he's, Ra- he's the, Ra- he's racial ghoul on a, on a universal scale. Yes. 100%. 100%. Um, so, uh, but loving those, um, they're great. Um, the suicide squad was ridiculously awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, I agree. It was I love it. So much fun. It was, it, like from the from the second that Blackguard got shot in the face and Pete Davidson and, uh, like just went, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, you know some of those castings. I most of them I was like, yeah, well, I love that guy. And then they're like, Pete Davidson is Blackguard. I'm like, oh, well, I'm not like the biggest Pete Davidson fan. I, I think he, like the more I watch of it, more videos I watch of him, uh, the more I like him. But in general, I'm uh, I was slow to appreciate Pete Davidson. But when they cast pete davidson as blackguard and then i was like well blackguard is like this huge guy with muscles and armor and i was like that's dumb and and then immediately they were like yeah he is dumb <laughs> he he's dumb the movie knows he's dumb everybody knows he's dumb right. and now he's dead yeah a uh, fillion as the detachable kid the detachable the kid god damn. like Kathleen. we can't call him arm fall off boy because that's too stupid yeah He's the detachable kid. The detachable kid. <laughs> uh, and the whole comment about what does TDK mean, which is just strictly out of nerd discussions, which is kind of wonderful. Your right. name is letters. Yeah. <laughs> well, Everyone's your, name, your is name is letters. Your name is letters. All names are letters. <laughs> uh, so that, that was great as well. Um, 
first episode of Heels dropped this past week. I heard it's great. I heard it's it, really good. Yeah, that really your boyfriend good. Stephen Amell is in it. Matt. I do not like Stephen Amell, but I do love the guy that plays his brother, who was the son of Ragnar on Vikings. I can't say his name, but uh, I love that actor. You might get over Stephen Amell, your dislike for him on this show. I heard he's very good. On, on I just show. don't think like the way you don't like the way that they approached the character of Green Arrow. Or it's the not way a problem he, with the actor. Yeah, I hated the way he acted in it as well. I couldn't stand it. It was just, nah. I hated Give Arrow. A shot. Give Heels a shot. I think you'll enjoy it. Now, um, I will say dude like loves professional wrestling. He made some appearances 100%. on WWE and stuff. And so he's one of the producers on this show. And he's, from what I've heard, I haven't seen it yet, but it's a very believable like story of two brothers coming up through the indie scene and getting famous in wrestling. And dealing with family issues, like pff, in well, the wrestling soap opera in the title of the first episode is called Kayfabe. Yeah, I mean they know so, what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Um, so it's it's good, and it's not that they're coming up through the indie scene. Their father started the uh, org that they're in. He passed, and Stephen is owner and running it. Oh, got it. So it's well, like a Midwestern like thing, uh, like Midwestern wrestling or something, where like Duffy, Georgia. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Have you guys? Uh, well, real quick, David. While we're talking about wrestling, uh, Matt, I know that you didn't, but uh, David, did you happen to watch Young Rock? I did. I not. watched Young Rock. I really liked it. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Um, it was Young, a ton of fun. Young Rock is a ridiculous concept. It, uh, it's it's. The, it's the life story of Dwayne The Rock Johnson as told by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the presidential candidate in 2024 or right. whatever. And uh, a, a lot of people are like, I think that this is seriously The Rock, like soft setting us up for him running for office in the future. Fine me, I'll vote uh, for him. You know, Which like, is fine. Yeah, like that's fine. But he's he really, probably, he he's really probably some sort of like moderate Republican, but that's fine. He really did um, grow up with all these wrestlers. And, and no, it's like, true. Yeah. It, like a lot of it is, it, I mean, obviously it's dram dramatized and, and uh, exaggerated for comedy, but yeah, it's, it's him at different phases of his childhood. Uh, with his dad, who was a famous professional wrestler and his life living amongst guys like Andre, the giant and the iron Sheik and macho man, Randy Savage. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, and like, it's so charming. It's charming, but the, there, there is a problem and they kind of gloss over a lot of things about these wrestlers that were not charming to no, make of it they, very yeah, charming. No, certainly like there, if we're going to yeah, talk about it, Randy and the macho man savage, you can't not talk about his cocaine addiction and the fact that he beat the hell out of Elizabeth on a regular no, basis. It's true. You know? It's true. And <laughs> it, but it's like, if you're looking for a show that's wrestling adjacent, uh, yeah. young rock is, it's is a lot of, fun. it's fun. And, you know, it's, it's on the list of stuff I wanted to see. Um, one other quick note about macho man. Uh, you can't also ignore the fact that the rumor is the reason he got fired from WWE in the first place is he's the one that deflowered Stephanie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I, I don't know if anyone knows that. I, I think that's kind of an urban myth, but nobody, I mean, nobody really knows. They, nobody really knows. <laughs> nobody really knows. Um, yeah. We're not going to do too much more wrestling talk. Um, Cause I know that that a lot of the force Joe, uh, and that's not what this show is about. It's fine. No. Look, I used to love wrestling. It's fine. Um, so there, the, so that's that uh, heels is great. Um, Convention report. Um, so I'm gearing up to go to Gen Con next month. Um, they have, they, they were, uh, there's a couple of different uh, convention report things here. They, they were doing a, hey, show your proof of vaccination and you get a wristband and you don't have to wear masks. That was about, la that was like last month. 
Um, within the last couple of weeks, they were like, nah, everybody must have, it has to wear a mask. You don't right. like it. Can't come in. Yeah. Right. Um, which I'm 100% on board for. And the people that are crying, you have to uh, now you have to, I, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, you do it anyway. Uh, so I'm, I'm all in favor of them doing that. Um, they, a lot of vendors, a lot of game publishers are from, uh, overseas and can't come in. So yeah. a lot of them are not going to be there. Asmodee, which now owns Fantasy Flight and Z-Man and um, uh, Mayfair Games and a lot of the big publishers isn't coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those giant publishers are not going to be present at Gen Con, along with uh, um, locals uh, such as uh, uh, USAopoly, who goes by the op now. Um, they are not going to be present either. So it's going to be a very interesting convention. I'm kind of predicting it's going to feel to me like it did 15 years ago. Yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be much smaller. It, the truth of it is, it's just too early, and we shouldn't be having conventions yet. They shouldn't you know, have planned it. We shouldn't have just jumped right back in. It's too damn early. Period. And, you know, and we'll, we'll even see what if from it. even best yeah. case scenario where like okay, the Delta variant's not going around. There still would be people that are unvaccinated that are not getting, that are getting the regular COVID and, and people that are still afraid to go out and you know, go to conventions and whatnot. We're just not ready. And they shouldn't be planning them yet. It's, it's my, Most of my group is not going. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend and I and a good friend of ours are, are the only ones from our group that are going in our normal caravan group. And it's basically, we've spent the last 18 months um, cooped up and all of us need to do something. Sure. Yeah. Need, are confident enough in our health and the fact that we're vaccinated and taking precautions and masking and all that, yeah. that we're, we're going to go. Well, I hope so, it doesn't get canceled. I mean, I, same here. I mean, we're three weeks out. Um, I don't think it will, although I'm still hoping it doesn't. I, I don't think it will. Um, another convention uh, piece, uh, Wizard has sold their six biggest yep. uh, in-person events. Yeah. To we, Fan Expo HQ. We reported on this last week, yeah, we, David. We, we talked about this you? last Saturday. <laughs> uh, and, all right. No, it's fine. Uh, uh, and, you know, Matt was like, does anybody still care about Wizard? Well, yeah, obviously, thousands of people were still going to Wizard World conventions. Uh, it, it wasn't about the brand of the convention. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Wizard is out of the convention business. I mean, uh, we predict that they're still going to be doing their their virtual events for signings and, and panels and stuff that they have been doing because they've been doing really well this past year where they they hold a panel, they contract somebody for signings and they do send in your item, pay this much, get it signed and we'll send it back to you. Um, maybe they're still going to continue doing that. That's that seems to have been going well for them. But if Wizard isn't doing conventions, what are they anymore? Because yeah. the magazine yeah, is nothing. gone. You know, so what is Wizard at this point? I don't think they're anything. I don't think they were even. I mean, honestly, they were just the names for the conventions. That's the only way they're making money. They don't even have a site right now, right? It's not like there's a a news site or anything. I mean, there's probably some sort of corporate site, but I don't. I don't think they have. I remember that when they first abandoned the magazine, they tried to make a play at being like a newsarama kind of thing. Wizardworld.com still is exists and is still kind of their headquarters site. Um, but it's the only thing it's really promoting is the Chicago uh, show that's set for this year. Um, and then we don't know what's going on much for the site or anything after that. I think it's time to put Garib Seamus in the canoe with the hay under him and gently push him 
down the river in Chicago, and then we shoot a flaming arrow and an arc, <laughs> and it comes down, you know, and then it it goes out into the sea and burns, and and it's over. And the whole and like, the whole time, Garib is like, "I'm guys, I'm not even sick." We're like, "That's not the I, point. Like, the, not the like, point." I sold the I sold Thank the company. You. Everything's fine. Garib, ah, don't ah, fight it. Ah. <laughs> and my my last thing I wanted to talk about today, um, I posted just posted a bunch of pictures to the fan group. Um, this past week, uh, my girlfriend and I went to the Museum of Science and Industry here in Chicago, uh, where they've got a touring Marvel exhibit. Yeah, uh, I've heard it's awesome. They got a bunch of costumes from the show or from the films and stuff. Yeah. Um, Loki helmet. Oh, look at all this yeah. artwork. Uh, yeah. And that the original art- artwork that I just posted, I took pictures of, they have the original, uh, these are all pieces on loan from private collectors. Uh, the original inks for the death of Gwen Stacy. Oh, wow. The original inks for Fantastic Four number 40 cover, Oof. which is thought to be the earliest issue of that cover still, uh, issue, earliest cover still to exist. Um, Matt, uh, uh, Joe, there is a original inks there for some old new warriors that I took pictures of specifically because I saw them and I thought <laughs> Joe would like this. <gasps> I'm um, looking at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so go to the um, two headed nerd fan group on Facebook and you can see that we, it's new. Uh, it's new warriors number 12, which is an issue. It, uh, it's part of the storyline that Matt and I reviewed when we did alternate timelines oh boy. Uh, for the cosmic long box uh, for every yesterday. Oh boy. Where uh, the Sphinx uh, alters reality and yeah. takes over the earth. That was a whole, uh, that was God, a whole thing. God, that's such a good, that's a great Bagley page, man. The, uh, the, the coolest thing about that fantastic four cover, cause it's like the electric cover with, with the, uh, the scythe through daredevil's mask. No, uh, there's yeah. like the Wolverine cover. Uh, there's a whole bunch of really great stuff. Yeah. Dream Jean, Jean gray as the black queen with yes. the Phoenix. Oh, right the, love it. Uh, that fantastic four <laughs> cover. The, the thing that I noticed most about it, um, which as an old, like I graduated high school in 96, when I was on the newspaper and yearbook, we did cut and paste and light boards, light, light tables and things. So if you look at that Fantastic Four cover and zoom in, you can see the cut pieces of paper. Yeah. The title masthead. That's so cool. Glued to the art page. That's so yeah, cool. I love that shit. That is so uh, cool. <laughs> that's a, you know, like this is obviously these are originals, so you can see yeah. like wide out and stuff. But like that's that. this is what's so great about um, the artist edition books. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, this is what these are production level copies uh, of, of originals where it's like, you can see where corrections were made. You can see the pencil marks. uh, You can see like notes that people wrote in the margins, like this demon in a bottle cover. There's a section where they had to white out part of it and re and redraw his hair. Uh, Like it's, I love that stuff. I love seeing old timey production art. I just yeah, dropped I mean, the link to the fan page in the chat as well. If you guys go check out the THN fan page, we should bring it up more often. Cause that's where you guys post stuff and we love interacting with you and seeing like what you're reading and collecting and kick ass art like this. This is amazing. David, I am that's a great post, man. Um, uh, Jimmy Randall and Ethan Harrison are the, are the overlords of the fan page and they run a very, uh, kind and, uh, yeah. It's a positive safe, inclusive safe place. Ship. So yeah, and uh, it's a it's a great place to hang out and just talk about shit. And uh, if you don't want to go onto the forums, which I understand, it's not the '90s anymore. Yeah. The forums are we we should probably retire we the forums to be honest. But um, but yeah, the fan page is a great place to go if you just want to shoot the shit with with not just uh guys like David or Jason Sachs or whoever, but us. Like yeah. I interact with the fan there page all on, the time. on a daily basis. Totally. So, the, the coolest thing about that exhibit, like again, 
the, the costumes are there and you get a feel for how big these people really are, you know, and things like that. But the, the they have the lights down to a reasonable level so that you can actually see stuff, you know, and, and it's not um, going to damage the, the pieces, but you walk into it and they've got that Gwen Stacy page in a corner on a, on a wall next to like a big hanging Spider-Man statue. And you just walk up to it and you're like, this is history. Yeah. This is our yeah. like modern myth. Like I, I, I said to, to the girlfriend, yeah, modern myth. Yeah. This is our King Arthur and Knights of the round table. Totally. Right. Yeah. It's like seeing, um, you know, it's like, I don't know. It, it's like seeing, uh pages from the Gutenberg Bible, right? Yeah. Or something. It's just like, holy God. Yeah. Like that's, that's really impressive. Like even just from a historical perspective, even if you don't, you know, even it's if you're not a comic fan or you're not a religious person, like to see something like that in person is wild. It's totally. an item that has physical, tangible weight to it. Yeah. Yes. Back in right. Warehouse 13, when the, when they were, when that show was on the air, they talked about artifacts and items that had an, uh, like an event and emotional resonance that became artifacts that became more than the thing they were. And that's what the, the yes. pieces of paper in this room were 100%. And like when you, uh, when you can picture those nerds taping that stuff down and I, I and wish you guys white outing and like, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's so, so fun. Cool. I, I, w- I wish you guys could have seen the, um, Joe, go ahead and continue. David, I'm going to mute you so we can get Jimbo in here, but it's good to talk to you, man. That is awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah, you thanks for, for sharing, David. that. That is so cool. Uh, I, I wish you guys could have seen the, um, I forget the name of it. I think it was probably just the Steve, the Steve Geppi Entertainment Museum, but it was the, it was the museum started by the guy that uh, owns Diamond Comics. And it was a, basically a museum of pop culture, comic book pop culture. Um, built largely from his own personal collection. And it was like, if you want to go to a place and see every key comic, you never thought you'd see in person. It's this museum. Yeah. If you want to see original art from comics that you didn't think still existed, it's this museum, uh, prototype drawings from uh, prototype character design drawings, uh, pencil sketches by Alex Ross from when he was designing the uh, toy line based on uh, kingdom come or, so cool. or justice. Like, and it's just like, and it wasn't just comics. It's like also old toys and old TV shows and cartoons. It was an incredible place. And, and like speaking to what David said about warehouse 13, about like, uh, if that were something that really happened where it's like the, these things had an impact on the cultural consciousness and they became mystical artifacts, uh, the Steve Geppi entertainment museum would have turned into a giant black hole and swallowed the earth. Oh yeah. <laughs> because it was, it's the, it's the, it's the most magical place I've ever been. Damon Chan, and are you with us? Can I get you in here? Otherwise Joe's going to start crying. I might. Damon Chan. I've asked to unmute you. If you don't answer, I'm going straight. Oh, to wow, hello. There he, oh, oh hey, there Here he I is. Am. <laughs> hey guys. Greetings. How What's are up, you, Damon? buddy? How are you? How are you? We're good. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that earlier. I had a weird thing with uh, with gas and all that with the stove, but it's okay. So we, the house. We all get gas sometimes. We all get gas sometimes, <laughs> yeah. David. I got I get gas it, right now. It's not slowing me down. I don't oh, know. Jesus. <laughs> no, we're, we're glad your house didn't blow up. Yeah, it's all good. Anyway, so yeah, so um, I did want to talk about What If episode two, which I thought was 
so so good yes. this week um but i did want to briefly bring this up and maybe this is more from matt but what did you think of cm punk back last night oh man okay look <laughs> i i so i'm sorry we're getting getting into wrestling casket but i'll it's keep it fine, short guys just go for i'm it. not like i was never the biggest cm punk fan because i just don't think he's that great of a wrestler but you mm-hmm. can't deny that the dude is absolutely amazing on the mic and he is yes. a massive personality mm-hmm. and he spoke up about wwe when it was not cool to do so and and quit because of it and i don't and i was with him 100 percent, and i've been mad at wwe ever since and when he came back last night tears in his eyes and stuff Mm -hmm. i got misty i was just like oh my god like look at he's feeling this and the crowd scream it was great was it it was low-hanging fruit no question you know like but it was great and i love that he's there in a good place with a lot of talent that is yes. being handled well and respected. Whereas Correct. the WWE is a goddamn dumpster fire right now. Yeah. And you could tell just by his reaction, because it almost yeah. felt like his soul was like coming back to him. Because yes. he, he lost that. Like the last time he was in wrestling. Totally. Last- yeah. And he just like sat down on the ramp as he was coming in and his eyes filled with tears. Like, oh mm-hmm. my God. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> it was great. But, anyway, but, but yeah, but let's, let's get off topic before, uh, before Joe kills us. But right. <laughs> Hey man, I, look, I love a good, I love a good uh, comeback story. It's great. Always beautiful. Like I said, one of the best pure reactions you'll see on television. But yeah, but what if, my gosh, T'Challa as Star-Lord, I kind of want to see actually like in the MCU, which we know we can't get with Chadwick right. Boseman's right, right. past, which makes it a little bittersweet. But the stuff they did, though, holy moly. It was um, so perfect. And like from the very beginning where it's just like, yes, this is exactly what would happen. The reason yeah. Peter Quill was funny is because he was Peter Quill. And he he's kind of an, he's a big, you know, kind yeah. of a dumbass and an idiot <laughs> who got flung into this. And it's like T'Challa he gets in there he's gonna be fine he's yeah. t'challa and everybody he talks to is like this guy's great yeah we can talk spoilers here right sort of yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. So, so basically the, the part that i just cracked up is when Thanos just popped up out of the back yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that was, probably, that was like the biggest that was the biggest <laughs> twist that made me the happiest it was so like, great yeah, Thanos was just like convinced of the error of his ways yeah, it's like i had yeah, to talk no. to t'challa and he brought some pretty good points that's yeah, all I needed. That was it. It's just like, yeah, I just put down everything. I forgot killing people. Well, and that's another, <laughs> like, nobody ever, re- if you look at both end, you know, Avengers movies, Endgame and whatever, it, like, if you look at them both, nobody tried to talk to no. Thanos. No, <laughs> nobody was like, not. hey, can we and, just, and, you know, for like, a minute, <laughs> can uh, we wrap? My, my favorite thing about that was, uh, like, the like Thanos being there and being a good guy was awesome, but um, the ongoing joke about where everyone was like, I don't know, dude, it sounds pretty genocide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he's like, and he's just head. like mad about it. He's like, it's not jet. And then at the, at the end, they're having the party at the end and Okoye is there. And it's like, he's it's, it's deny, it's deny Garaya, however you say her name. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Um, as a Koye for that one line. And she's like, I don't know. It sounds like genocide. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's just like shaking his head. Yeah. (laughs) It's not genocide. It's random. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Mm. And uh, if I remember, I I also don't remember the collector being that extremely buff. No, they they definitely took some liberties with the collector's size. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this is the like, okay, so this is the thing. I'll, I'll say this, this, this allowed the collector to show more than he's been allowed to show yes. so far in the MCU. Um, if, if the collector in the MCU is anything like the collector of the Marvel comics universe, 
you know, he's a cosmic being, right? He's right. not just an alien. He's an elder of the universe. Um, he's right up there with the grandmaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, like, yeah, he would be formidable. Um, but we've never had to see him show it. Um, like I was, he was presented in such a different way in this episode that I had to look up to confirm that it was really Benicio Del Toro. Me too. I was just, I was trying to figure out if that was the original voice as well too, but it did yeah, say his he also, name he in did the a opening whole, credits. He did a whole lot less of, oh, yeah. Geez. His <laughs> name was in the opening credits, you guys. So I don't know who else oh, he would have played. I didn't catch that. Sorry. <laughs> I neither, neither um, fortunately. <laughs> yeah. I think the only, I, the only characters that I noticed for sure were not the original were uh drax who was mm-hmm. a different act of voice right. actor and i uh peter quill i think and seth was green also. was the voice of howard the duck and he was seth green was howard he was the great. duck he yeah. was great fine <laughs> uh, like t'challa's dad was the same actor yep. like it was every uh, obviously michael rooker and sean gunn and uh yeah. um chris um Sullivan, who played Taserface. Yep. Oh, that you know, also like, was another great addition. Like, I did not expect to see Taserface yeah. in that. Crew. They were okay too. Turns out they're all right. They just like they listened to Chala and they're like, yeah, okay, let's just do that, and we'll be okay. Yeah, we're a force for good. Like the Ravagers <laughs> being a force for good is just so good. Yeah, it was great. Um, no, I, I, it, and of course they had to do the what if thing, right? The 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 thing with what if is that no matter how positive it seems this new version of reality is going to be like this one was where T'Challa just made the entire Marvel universe better by being star Lord instead of being black Panther. Yeah. Um, it also means that nobody was around to stop ego. Yeah, this is true. And this is what I, like I said, I'm sure they're, well, I'm not sure, but it would be great if they did kind of a follow up to it, but I guess we'll see what happens down there. Cause there's so many, yeah. this is the beautiful thing about what if I've loved so far, this is the concept of it is that if they want to, they technically could kind of like continue it, you know, in like even little mini shorts or sure. something like that in upcoming season. I don't which is fine with me. <laughs> I don't want them to. And one of my favorite things about what if was like, they just gave you this thing and, this it, is and, true. It, and it was what it was. Yeah. And then it's done. We yeah, don't have I, to go back to it. I don't and know. Like, like, I know God, that there was awesome. You know, following like I, there was a new trailer for what if, or, or a preview or something. And uh, maybe it was in the intro credits actually for this episode where it was Jeffrey, Wright Like explaining the concept. Um, there is a, a brief clip uh, of Captain Carter, which is not from the first episode. We're, we already knew she was coming back, mm-hmm. but I think T'Challa was also there. Oh, and so I think that I think that maybe we are going to get an episode of What If that might be sort of like an Exiles esque. Mm. Like this is a collection of characters from alternate realities that have been brought together for something, right? Huh. Uh, and that would be cool if that were true, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know for certain. I don't need right. that. That's um, all I'm saying. If if this is just what it is, and and they're just doing the spirit of what if, and we're having fun with it, I'm fine with that. I don't need this to tie into anything else. I don't need them to come back. I don't need this to be part of the Doctor Strange movie. Like I'm having so much fun with I it. I mean, I I don't need it, it to, it but I also is. wouldn't be sad if it was. You know, like I wouldn't be sad. Like somebody, I think. Um, Somebody on cover to cover last week brought this up and uh, I think it was just in the chat. Uh, They said that they heard a rumor that uh, this was being introduced, like Captain Carter was being introduced as a way to bring Haley Atwell back into the live action MCU Mm. as a superhero, as Captain Carter. uh, (laughs) And or Captain Britain, you know, call it yeah. Captain Britain, fine. Um, and I don't know if that's true, but I'd also, I'm not opposed to it. Like, I'm not opposed 
to this cartoon actually having an impact on the MCU. Yeah, and I can even, totally even if it's that. just something they mention. Fair you enough. Know what I mean? Yeah, if they want to do it like that, whatever. I I just don't need it. I think it's great as just as it is. It does stand. It does stand fine on just, its own. Yeah, that let's just does. have fun with it. It's all good. All right, but yeah, that's pretty much all I un- well, I got to say. You know, beside the the gas, you know, exploding my house and all, I figured I'd just call in Whew. and talk about that. So good well, to I'm talk happy, to you, Damon. I'm happy it all worked out, Damon. <laughs> good to talk no, to yeah, you, man. So, so am I actually. So, so <laughs> I, I'm good. sure you are. I'm sure yeah. you are. All right, guys, I'll talk to you in a couple. Uh, catch you next week. All right, bud. Have a great one. All right, Jimbo, get in here and talk to us about Webtoons. He is I want to know why Matt Bomb signed us up for a fandom account. Oh, so I could edit some stuff because I can't go through there and read them when they're so poorly written. And I'm like, nope, I'm fixing that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jimbo, okay. how are you? Uh, you know what? Uh, last week I was an eight out of 10 because of bleach. I'm, I'm down to a six out of 10. Okay. Still, still hyped. Still, still doing good. All right. Okay, so Red Glad to hear it. Webtoon, I've been a part of since its create its creation, and the reason for that awesome. was the reason for that was uh, for Korean webtoons. So there are a few that I really, really love. Uh-huh. They were moved onto this because it's actually a continuation of a, of a Korean website. Oh, really? Yeah. So this and started then, with like manga and manhwa and whatever. Right, right. So the way the Koreans would do it is you like Joe Patrick could put the two headed nerd comic. And then eventually, if they got popular enough, so many clicks and so many likes, they would then offer you a job oh. near staff. And that's how you make money. Okay, sort of like a Shonen Jump thing where we feature what it. What a in concept! Shonen, we feature it in Shonen Jump for a while, and if it takes off, it gets its own book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like actually, that's what they're doing now with a lot more digital stuff, which is that's more recent. But this has been forever. And then once it came over to the states, they started doing local, you know, American creators. And then, you know, some would get deals. Some were like, oh, this is really fan fun. So, you know, they increase and stuff like that. Okay. So the fact that DC's in it now, I'm confused because like, you don't, I don't go there for like the latest Batman stuff. This is what I, I was talking well, about. Well, I mean, they're not going to be, it's not going to be like I, continuations of the current comics. Right, it's going to be uh, I guess, new, new content. I, I guess if you're asking like, I, when I go there and I see a new Joker, a new Batman, I guess I'll click on it. I guess I'll read it. But that's not what you go to Webtoons for, is what you're saying. No, no. That's no, what I, I was but, saying so, as well. But let me, let me ask you this, though, Jim. Like, yeah. Webtoon is a platform, right? It's not like right. a... So you certainly don't read everything on Webtoon. That'd be impossible. Right. So, I mean, it's just another thing. It's like, it's like saying we've added a... It's like saying, you know, we've added a new show to the NBC lineup. It's about Batman. Right. Well, it's like, right. I, don't, I already don't watch every show on NBC, but I might check out this Batman one. Um, Unless it's yeah, Pennyworth, then yeah, it, it, I guess it depends on how they advertise it. Um, the website's yeah decent. Like it has like check out the latest. Like here's new stuff or stuff that you might like. Stuff like that. Then it has like the most popular by genre. Um, there, so, there's an app, I assume. Oh yeah, yeah, and and well, webtoons all free too. So mm-hmm. I don't like the only way that thing makes money is like you can like buy coins and then you can get like exclusive like early editions. Like that's really big for the Koreans. Like I can get this thing like three weeks early. So how is DC going to make money on this? I don't, <laughs> that's I don't, what that's what I don't. Ad, uh, that's ad revenue. That's that's what. Are there ads on it? Uh, kind of. Like there's never like like if I click like say I, I go to the new Tower of God. That's like the big thing I read there. Right. I click on it. There's no ads on the page. There's like maybe an ad at the very bottom. Like check this out. But sure. There's not like 
ads, ads, ads. Right. Uh, so web web comics, uh, web comics, successful web comics. Uh, we're talking like American web comics here. Oh, um, no, I don't know about those. Yeah, uh, but like the 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 reason, the way that things like um, Penny Arcade and PVP and mm-hmm. Eggwood uh, oh. were able to thrive and become long lasting kind of like web t- comic juggernauts in America uh, is because they figured out how to monetize without charging for content. Right. So it's, it's ads, it's ad revenue on the site um, or, you know, partnerships or it's like, if you go like, go to, uh, you know, uh, Chewy. I just bought my dog a Batman uh, uh, toy to play with because she destroyed all her other toys. Uh, it's just, a, it's a tiny little cute cartoon Batman. He's got a tiny cape. He's got a squeaker inside of him. And I bought it off of the Petco website. But it would be like if they put out if Batman the Batman strip on Webtoon had an ad for Petco. It's like oh, yeah. go to go to this go to this. Uh, but Jim is saying that's not what ad. they do. But there, but he does say there are ads. They're, they're just not pervasive, right? They're, yeah, they're not pervasive. Um, um, and I'm sure it's different from site to site. Like Webtoon does it, it does it its own way. But web right. comics in general, uh, they are going to have ad content. I just don't see how DC makes money on this. And, and I guess I guess why like, they're doing I, it now. Like I will read and I will review like the Korean Raws when I know stuff pops, just so I can get like I need to do this before I get spoiled, even though I don't know what they're saying. I, you know, the art is beautiful. Sure. And, and for those ads. They do the same format. There's one at the very top and there's one at the very bottom after you're done reading. But usually they'll announce like, here's a game tie-in to a store so or something like that. So like for Tower of God, the author actually does blogs and then he will link like merchandise and like Spaceball. Okay, so, know, it's space not, so it's not so it's not like a Petco ad. It's like something that that person is advertising is what you're saying. Right, like here's, you well, can, buy, you can okay. buy an official shirt so or DC an action would- figure. So DC yeah. would be like, "Hey, dig this. Go check out the Long Halloween." Right. Like I, I'm, I was speaking in general terms yeah. of like. Yeah, but these I'm really guys. curious yeah. how DC will do because you can do if they do their own generated ad content. Right. I'd be curious on that. I. It sounds like I mean, they would have to, right? Because you're not going to if you're giving this away for free. I guess you have to have a link to be like, now go buy Batman, well, whatever. Seventy-five million people. Yeah. Like, yeah. like how many people are you getting that? Like, if I. Honestly, if I see a Batman or Joker, I, I would click on it because I'd be super curious. Like, what? I, I right. That. Maybe it's, so. It's maybe like it's, um, uh, it's like uh, you know we don't really understand the business model, which I uh, is fine. Um, but it's like I watch a lot of Shark Tank, right? And something they talk about on Shark Tank. You watch the worst TV. You yeah, really I know. Do. It's fine. Uh, Shark Tank. <laughs> oh uh, look, Shark Tank. It's fascinating. Most of the products no. on there are <laughs> No, it is. It really is. Um most of the most of the inventions on there are garbage. But every once in a while you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's actually a really good idea." And like and so the way they talk about like how a business is built and like what the difference between a hobby and a business or a commodity and a business or whatever, you know, like they they break it, it down a lot of the time. And one of the things they talk about a lot is customer acquisition cost. Right. And you have to ask yourself, what does DC think is the value of putting their most popular characters in front of the eyes of 75 million people just like that? What is the CAC? If you will, 
Right. What's the CAC? I don't know what that means, but customer yeah. acquisition cost. The CAC. Oh yeah, the CAC. Sorry, yes, the CAC. Um, I guess maybe the the one positive maybe is if you get people to go to this website that never been there and they have an idea for a webcomic. Like it's like to be fair, yeah, like, I, I reviewed it. it. Is super easy to publish on this website. They have YouTube mm. videos on their official channel. It's actually really easy to put something out there. So I don't I don't yeah. know if that's also like you have a Batman. Well, oh, you like Batman or have your own creator comic, you know, uh, contest or something. Right. Yeah. And right. It'll, and it'll, like, it'll, it'll, like these, I would be, I would not be at all surprised if these DC web comics are springboards to other avenues for DC content. They would have to be right. They have to be. Otherwise like, it doesn't it, make it any would be sense. Like, it would be like the DC infinite app. Right. Yes. It, there's a cost, right. But the cost is so low. But if you, were to, if you were to, if you were to pay for the DC infinite app for a year at a time, it's like six bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's for a vast library of content that you will never be able to get through. The thing that I don't get, Joe, is when you said like, well, yes, they're putting their stuff in front of 75 million viewers. Do you really think these 75 million viewers aren't aware of Batman? Aren't aware that no, there's Batman? No, but it's not comics? just it's not just Batman, right? It's like Batman is the character well, in this story, we'll but they're not all they're not all going to be Batman. <laughs> we'll uh, see. Yeah, but, but, this is DC we're talking about. To piggyback on what Joe said, it, you, you are getting people in front of it that will click on it rather than going out to buy a comic book. I suppose, right? And it's, it's one. It's also one thing to. Die. Right. And it's it's one thing to be aware of Batman. It's another thing to care about Batman. True. Like if this is a way for them to get people turned on to their properties, that's a plus. For sure. Also, if you can put out a Batman comic for relatively little cost, right? There's no printing costs. They're not hosting it on their own website. Uh, They don't have to deal with comiXology or any of that shit. They don't even have to. They don't even have to deal with like customer transactions. They just push the button and and uploaded it to Webtoon. And so uh, all they've had to do is pay these creators, which to them is probably a a pity, a write off, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they've got the eyes on the property. They're hooking potential new customers, and they're saying, "Now that you've read this, engage with our community." And DC uh, on is DCUniverseInfinite.com. They've also and shown from there that they see a contest where we get all your right. personal information and start sending you spam emails. They've also shown that they definitely yeah. want to expand their digital presence more than anything. right. So, so it's uh, it's not uh, it's not really about making money necessarily from right. the comics themselves. No, that's a good point, and, and I think you're probably right. This is they, a way to a instantly. In- they buy it? No, they didn't buy it. No, it's a partnership. Partner. I'm saying, I don't want. I don't want to DC mess with my shit. Okay. No, 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 no. They're just, they're, in, they are, they don't need to be messing my stuff up. Well, if it's a success, <laughs> no, no. this is a, this is a, this is a creative partnership with Webtoon. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, AT&T did not buy Webtoon. What? Webtoon remains its own entity. If it is a success, they do have this big brother named Warner Brothers with a pretty fat checkbook. So, oh, oh man, if they mess with my stuff. <laughs> yeah. oh. I don't know, bro. Dude, they, oh, no. the, the parent company that bought Warner Brothers already doesn't know what to do with the comic book company they have. Oh, no. So they're well, not going to look at web comics and go, well, I know. Right. If they buy it, if it's successful, Joe, are you kidding me? Well, to Barry be fair, we're also stuff. not we're also not fully convinced that they're aware that they own a comic okay. book company. Okay. <laughs> so, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Jim, I think Webtoon is safe, Jim. I think it's I just think a, te- it's a yeah. team up, not a takeover. Yeah. All right. 
All right, Jim, we got to get out of here. We're running late today. It's good to talk to you. Thank you for telling us about Webtoon. Yeah, I appreciate your perspective. I I, I, I should have known that you would know what Webtoon was all about. I did not know that's how it worked. That's very interesting. And I do, I hear what you're saying now, Joe, and it does make sense. If you're trying to expand your digital presence, this is a way to instantly do that and hopefully get these jerks to click and go check out the app or something. You're right. Yep. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. It is voicemail time in this damn ziggurat. Hello, this is Baal from Earth 27 calling with your onomatopoeia of the week. Your onomatopoeia of the week is... (laughs) 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 Is the sound of Aram the Strong and his brother Ivor, almost being swept away by the 1814 London beer flood. In issue 14 of Archer and Armstrong from Valiant Comics. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you 2013. go. <laughs> I would also like to remind you that it is generally inadvisable for humans to consume their own urine. That is all. <laughs> okay, Ball. I think you have a job now, and it is supplying the onomatopoeia of the week. And if you do so, I will add it like as like the end of our regular show, sort of like your moment of Zen. We'll do your onomatopoeia oh, of the it. week. That's great. <laughs> that's, no, I love that. That is too good. <laughs> I love it. That is your job, sir. There you are. You are hired and you will not be paid, but thank you. Frank's, I mean, nobody gets paid. Frank Cirillo uh, didn't have a chance to call us, but he did make an MP3 for us. Hey guys, he is, I'm leaving you yeah. this MP3 today because I'm not going to be around. But anyway, I wanted to give you my Star Trek Minute. So Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 2 was on this week. And let me tell you, when I said last week, last week's episode was a bit bit slow. It was good, but a bit slow. And it was like, man, I felt like a little man about it. It had a couple of really good moments, but it didn't really catch me. This week's episode was so, so good. All right. First of all. There was like an episode where they were going into a collector ship and, you know, the, all these things in the background were just bits and pieces of star old Star Trek lore. Um, there was even a moment where you had a giant 50 foot skeleton of <laughs> what I am guessing was supposed to be Spock from the animated series when he was cloned oh 50 foot tall clone yeah i remember that um (laughs) the episode had a high adventure the episode had a lot of action overall fantastic episode and i'm hoping that it continues from here okay so that is your star trek minute and no spoilers except for the giant spock skeleton all right. Hope you guys have a great week. Oh, sorry. Cut. He got cut off in the very end there. Frank, good to talk to you. I got to catch up. Thank you, Frank. I'm I need st- to watch Lower Decks. I, I need to do it. I keep forgetting about it. And I just like, I forget that Paramount Plus even exists until there's like a new Star Trek show on, which is a shame because there's a lot of good stuff on Paramount Plus. Yeah, I don't pay attention to that. I just have this cornucopia of things I can watch. Yeah, so. I know. We all know. We all know what you do, yeah. but I actually pay for my content. Um, Coward. Anyway, good to talk to you, Frank. Ryan Mount hits us up next. Hi, this is Ryan Hebrews Mount calling in for my own question of the week. Oh. Uh, so when I first thought of this answer, originally I was thinking 
Max Bemis uh, of Say Anything fame and his run on Moon Knight. Okay. Um, everything that I have read since then, and he calls himself a full-time comic book writer now, has been bad. Savage, Black Terror, um, and it's not just because characters I don't care about, I just don't think the writing is nearly as good. However, I did remember he also wrote The Worst X-Man Ever, which I do remember liking, so maybe he disqualifies himself with that as well. My, But probably my main answer is going to be Brian Hill Edwards. His American Carnage run was awesome. And we all know that it came to a very premature end because it was literally taking a uh, emotional and mental toll on him. So I understand not writing the book after that. But his Batman and the Outsiders, Chariot, uh, which I think is over at um, AWA, uh I just I just don't like it. It's it's just doesn't have that same sort of magic whatsoever. Now I do understand he is the head writer of the Titan show and a lot of people seem to like that. I didn't so know I don't, that. again I don't wouldn't know if Neither that counted. But his comic books, I'm I'm just like so disappointed after all the promise that was there that this was gonna be such a new great voice in comic books has just kind of completely fallen apart. I will give his Killmonger, which came out before American Carnage, a brief try. It was good. Um, his Killmonger was good. But, you know, I'm, I'm just not excited as I once was when I was picking up American Carnage. And it was the top of the stack every single week as my most anticipated book. So that's my answer. Talk to you later. American Carnage is exceptional. Uh, I liked American Carnage, what I read of it. Uh, so uh, he's uh, he's thinking of Brian Edward Hill. Yes. Um, uh, so he just had the name a little bit, uh, flip flopped, but, um, yeah, you know, I agree. Uh, I have not read a ton of stuff by Brian Hill that I love. Uh, I did like American Carnage though. Yeah. I do feel like, Brian uh, and I thought his those... Killmonger was pretty decent as Brian well, but Hill again, it's just guys, a couple of things. He was going to be hot. Like he was going to be really hot. Right. And then he just sort of fizzled. I keep saying that, but like, yeah, fizzled. He fizzled. Weren't you, didn't you want to date uh, Max Bemis for a minute there? Weren't you like asking like did i want to date him yeah you want to make out with max bemis for a minute there when you've read a few of no. his comics didn't you wasn't that max bemis i mean i've enjoyed max bemis comics yes but you like but, lerved him for a minute as i recall um i don't think you are recalling anything that actually uh, happened I, I, think, I think that yes i have expressed interest i have expressed appreciation for Max Bemis mm, comics, yes. I think Did I, I want to date Max Bemis? No. Yeah, I think we all know what's going on here. But all right, let's get to okay. our answers. One hit wonder. Okay. Joe Patrick, one hit wonder. You know, this was a struggle for me uh, because I'm I'm trying to think of somebody who had something so great and then just kind of either went away completely or who has com- or who shit the bed um, and. The closest thing I can come up with to an answer is J. Michael Straczynski. That's not a bad answer. I, I, and it's not, and it's not even that, um, it's not even that like I loved his run on Spider-Man. I did at first, but his run on amazing Spider-Man was such a breath of fresh air at the time that it's, uh, you know, there was no denying it. And, but if you look back at it now, like I, I've never, I don't know if I've ever read a long run by a creator that stuck around long enough to become hated by the end of it. You know what I mean? Like somebody who was 
like somebody who everybody agreed was great. And then at the end, everybody agreed was terrible. Yeah. I'm trying to think, but that, that is a tough one. Now I would say that he had some like rising stars was definitely a hit of his. Well, I think, but even rising stars and uh, midnight nation, I think are divisive because they took forever to end, which was not his fault. He had problems with top. No, but they ended really Um, well. They both, but I, I don't, I think that they're, I think that I don't know if they were huge hits is what I'm saying. Fair enough. But I, I think that like, J. Michael Straczynski on Spider-Man, whether you like all the stuff he did with the spider totems and whatever or not, um, his run was a massive smash hit. Yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man went from one of the uh, titles a lot of people just didn't care about to one of the biggest selling titles in our comic shop. Yeah, no doubt. And it was that way for years. Well, it wasn't just our comic shop. It was the whole it was all over, United yeah. States. It was uh, you know, I'm just speaking from our own personal experiences. Yeah. Like that book flew off the shelves and everything Straczynski has done since then has been mediocre at best. I would say. Yeah. I don't disagree. But his Superman run is flat out bad. It was terrible. His AWA, his AWA stuff I have not cared about at all. Yeah. They seem like bad show pitches. You know, like whatever. Yeah, and I just like I, I Straczynski is a writer that obviously like he makes good content. His TV shows are beloved. Yeah, and he's an important uh, guy. He's like a lot of people love him. A lot of people. He had a hand in stuff. a lot of the things that I loved as a kid. Like he he was a creative force, but behind the He Man show, uh, Thunder the Barbarian. You know, he he did all this stuff. You know, he created Babylon Five, which I have not watched. But a lot of people have affection for. It's not for me. Um, <laughs> it, it's a. It is a very. I know why people like it. It's not for like, me. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, Jeremiah, that Showtime show was really good. Yeah. With uh, Luke Perry and Malcolm Jamal Warner, started really um, good. It started really good. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I never finished it, but. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. But his comics since leaving since leaving Spider Man, every comic he's ever put out has just been meh. I don't no disagree. Thing. I don't disagree. My answer is Paul Jenkins. And it's specifically Paul Jenkins based on the Paul Jenkins Jenkins and Jay Lee in humans book because Paul Jenkins. I would say, I would say they had two back to back. They had in humans and century back to, I don't remember which came first, but I think it was, they were back to back in humans in the century. I believe the huge, I think the century came first and then they did Inhumans, and they kind of reinvented the inhumans at a time where the inhumans were, I mean, they Nobody were, they were Nobody around, cared. sure, but they were nothing yeah, I mean, they important. Did, they, they gave the Marvel Knights treatment to yeah. the Inhumans, which was what yeah. they were doing to all these characters. But uh, nobody to, cared about these characters. Yeah. And Jenkins and Lee gave us this sort of like darker look at the royal family and about like the power struggles within Inhuman society and whatnot and how adjacent they were and removed from humanity. And when they decided maybe we need to be a part of this, it could have been a mistake and like how really powerful black bolt is and how terrifying that character actually is mm-hmm. the amount of responsibility that he carries. It was excellent. And I don't think I cared about anything Paul Jenkins has done since literally anything. No. Right. I mean, and, and he's been around, he's popped up, he's written a bunch of stuff. He's been all over the place. And every time I think the most I could muster was like a, a skim it when we reviewed stuff. A lot of it, it was just like, yeah. I don't care about this at all. You know? And right. It's man, true. What he did for the inhumans was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And they kind of tried to capture that in that inhumans TV show that they did. That was just garbage. 
Like, oh, but there were some things that were beat for beat, like the whole yep. thing with Medusa having uh, with uh, Maximus forcing Medusa to cut her hair. Like, yeah, that was from the Inhumans, right? And Charles Soul, Charles Soul fully admits, like he loved this series, and that's where he came up with all the Inhuman stuff that he did at Marvel that led up to that. And I just even that didn't do much for me. So I don't know, Paul Jenkins. Sorry, man. I loved that book, absolutely loved it, but you haven't yep. done it for me since. Yeah, it's true. No, it's true. That's totally, it's a totally good call. Yeah. I mean, still, I'm not saying stop working or anything. That, that's not the point. It just hasn't done it for me. Yeah. Like these aren't people, like, I don't have anything against these guys. Right. It's just like, look, Straczynski, you know, I'm sorry. You're run. I don't like the totem stuff. That's fine. But you were, you're so good at the character stuff. Right. I loved Aunt May. I loved Aunt May finding Spider-Man's battered body passed out on his couch you know after yeah after he fought more like i loved all that stuff with Aunt May coming to terms with peter's secret identity uh and like then starting to defend him to the daily bugle and stuff online like i loved all of that character stuff and then you were like you know what would have been cool if gwen stacy and norman osborne totally did it well and it's when hard. when when Gwen was in college, it, it, I think there's a larger discussion there about like the role of editorial and how much freedom. Yeah, I mean, I, some we creators are given. Yeah, you know? and we don't really know like where these ideas came from. It's possible that some of these ideas were no, kind of editorial. I'm not, I'm not saying editorial came up with that idea. I'm saying editorial should have said, "Let it." Whoa, no, there, Jay. Yeah, <laughs> right, sure. like, like we've given you a lot of freedom with this character to go nuts and really like affect the origin of Spider-Man and stuff. But this is getting a little ridiculous. And I think it was like, we've discussed it before. It was J. Michael Straczynski going, well, I'm going to put my JMS stamp on Spidey. And when I'm done, he's going to be dead forever because JMS was here, bro. Yeah. And like, mm. yeah. Right. And then, <laughs> you know, there's like a, there's a, there's an issue of his Superman run where it's like, Superman basically says, um, as people, as members of a society, it's our job to take care of um, what's going on on our side of the street, right? It's like, we need to make sure that our people are okay and that and I'm paraphrasing and I might be paraphrasing badly, but um, basically it's like that problem over there, that's a, that's a tomorrow problem. That's somebody else's deal. It's our job to take care of what's happening now it's very very america first (laughs) but that is like that is completely antithetical to anything superman would ever say it's like no just so we're all clear i don't i feel that paul jenkins's inhumans did not suffer from that i thought he put a stamp on the book that was excellent and and really made those characters like what the kick-ass characters that they are today right that have been not handled as well so right and it's just like you keep trying to do that thing right Right. in Straczynski's case he kept trying to do that thing that Straczynski thing again and And every time he tried to do that Straczynski thing it was something terrible it got a little more ridiculous every time yeah you know, and, but, but uh, again, yeah, it's a shame. We're like, not uh, mad again, at like, I want these guys, like I want Jeff Loeb to come back and do a kick-ass thing. Absolutely. I want Jeff Loeb. I want Jeff Loeb to be the Jeff Loeb I loved. Right. From no, the long Halloween. No one is mad at Rick Astley for getting Rick rolled. It, we, back in the day, that song was a huge hit. He nailed it. Rick Astley took off. He's a sweet guy. I hope he's still working. Do I still want to listen to Rick Astley? No. <laughs> I like, and it's the same thing. He's one hit wonders. We love him for what they were. 
Unfor- He's no Billy Ocean, I'll tell you that much. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep the flame burning, you know? They 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 burned too bright, and then they went out. That was it. Sorry, guys. You're a one-hit wonder. Good for you. It happens. All right. We got a new question of the week, and it is an audio question. While we're on the hate train. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Hey guys, Tony Mathers. Uh, I thought of a question of the week for you guys. You might have to reword it a little bit, but uh, what are the best and worst fandom? Uh, so what do I mean? Uh, I think uh, Xbox, Microsoft really takes care of their fans. So what I'm saying is what who takes care of their fans the best? So for me, I think Xbox takes care of their fans because all these games that I've purchased from them for the last 15 years, I still have them all. Uh, and all the little things that they do to help take care of their fans, frame boosting, all that kind of stuff. But uh, Star Wars, on the other hand, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but from what I see from you guys, any Star Wars fan likes half of the movies at best. And then, you know, they take all the books and just that, that you you know, all of you guys have been reading for years and throw them all out. And they do all different kinds of stuff. That sounds like an abusive relationship to me, so... That's just a question for you guys. That was my example. And uh, talk to you later. I love it. So point of clarity. Yeah, we're not talking about the the worst fans. Yeah, not the fans. We're talking about the fandom itself. How the IP, if you will, treats its fans. Yes. Uh, You know, so we're doing a... (laughs) Corporations are not your friend. No. uh, That said, he's not wrong about Microsoft. Right. I, like, I know for a fact that I can turn on my Xbox and play any game I've ever purchased going back to, uh, at the very least, the three Xbox 360, I can download any of the games sure. from the arcade that I played. Whereas um, Nintendo, what, it might be like, yeah, <laughs> no, no. Smoke it. Or uh, <laughs> even like PlayStation. Like if you have, if you yeah. bought, if you bought downloadable games, right? Not even physical. Like I get if it's not backwards compatible with a disc. But if you bought a game online through the digital library on a PS3, you probably, you might not be able to play it. I don't believe you can. On a PS4 or PS5. I don't believe you can. It depends on if they made that version. Right. Um, But yeah, but with Xbox, it's like, hey, you need this game back? Here you go. And we're not, we're just using video games as, you know, obviously. But it's it's that sort of thing, right? Uh, Like his Star Wars example, I think is perfect. Right. I, like I, I don't know if I necessarily agree, but I, I totally get where he's coming from. Where it's like you could have been a lifelong Star Wars fan, a fan of the Star Wars extended universe, and only to have Disney come in after they bought Lucasfilm and go, okay, well everything after Return of the Jedi is bullshit, right? And that's a tough pill to swallow for a lot of people. It's rude, but we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> We'll be back this Wednesday with another new comics review show. And we're going to take a look. It's in a book. We're going to talk about young Johnny Constantine. That ought to be That's something. That's right. The mystery of the meanest teacher, <laughs> colon, a Johnny Constantine mystery. Woo! I do love young adult fiction, let me tell you. But for now, we got to get out of here. My name's Matt Bomb. My name's Joe Patrick. There was that guy that, like, showed up at the... Uh, school uh meeting this week it was like total anti-mask you know just like, i'm sure fucking yeah. mamadou, and he was stealing our rights and yada 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 and they're like sir where does your child go to school and he's like i don't have any kids I'm like what are you doing here exactly i kind of feel like that while i'm reading young adult fiction sometimes sure, yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> this is a two-headed nerd signing off <laughs>